Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast again. I'm Josh <laughs> Clark. There's Charles W. Chaz Bryant. There's Jerry Jerome Rowland over there. And uh, this is Stuff You Should Know again. Why are you saying again? <laughs> well, so before we recorded, I, I want to tell all of you, Chuck confided in me a tad bit of concern, right? Can we reveal all this or is this going to get edited out? No, we'll reveal. Sure. So we, we have done an episode on recycling again or before. Yes. This is again. This is again. Um, before it was, from my understanding, it was the premise was, is what you're recycling actually getting recycled? Right? That was the, the basis of it. That was kind of everything. And then we just kind of <laughs> went over recycling here or there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was year two of the show. Okay. It's about a half an hour in length. That was long for back then. And probably eight minutes of that covered the, the garbage patch. Which we went on to do in an episode just on that. <laughs> Did we? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we talked about the eight minutes of the garbage patch. Something, yeah. I mean, wow. the name of the episode was Recycling in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Did we combine those two into one? I don't know. I think I'm having some sort of weird, like, <laughs> flashback or... Yeah. So here's the deal, though, folks. We're we're redoing Recycling. Updating is what it's called. We're updating with new information, mm-hmm. and there may be some of the same stuff, but I listened to that episode, and we weren't very good at what we did back then. I thought <laughs> I thought we – I'm almost positive we did a separate episode on the Great Pacific Garbage. We Park. may have, but all of this to say is don't freak out and say you guys are repeating yourselves. Oh, are we, we know. Are we already there? Because no, we're not. No, no, this is an update. This is so important, and things have changed enough since, what, 2010? It it may have even been nine. Wow. Yes, quite a bit has changed since back then. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, we've gotten better at recycling. We've gotten worse at recycling simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, recycling's turned into a huge business. We understand it more. And then there's been major colossal changes just this year. Yeah. To the global recyclable material commodities market that is going to change everyone's life one way or another if you care at all about recycling. Because of China. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We'll we'll get to that, but I'm just going to come out and say it. Good for China. All right. Okay. Put a pin in that one. Right. <laughs> we've been putting pins all over the place. I'm afraid that we have just pins everywhere. No, we've been going back. I have don't we? think we've left a single pin in place. All right. Which is unusual for us. Because I, we do that a lot. And I also want to say that it's nice that we're all three together again. Yeah, Jerry is back again. She keeps leaving. I know. But she's back and she has a summer cold. Yeah. Which I, is the worst. That, that to me is like that is a clear indication that you have been working too hard if yeah. you go on vaca- vacation and get sick. Oh. Because you're like work, 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 and then you relax on vacation and your your you immune system goes down. Yeah. Interesting. You got to take it easy. You got You need like a, a step-down vacay, like a— uh, work and then staycation and then vacation, Jerry. Jerry right. gave a thumbs up. <laughs> Very sickly thumb. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> pale green. Uh, so, Chuck. Yes. Uh, I think I think also uh, we agreed that you're going to participate even more, and I'm going to participate less 
than well, in the last one, right? <laughs> it was pretty funny to listen to. You should give it a listen. Oh, well. And see if you notice. Oh, I've noticed before. Like, sometimes I'm just, like, cringing and pinching the bridge of my nose. Like, shut up, Josh. Uh, so that is the last we will speak of that episode. And let's just pretend like we're starting anew. Or updating. Recycling. What is it? So <laughs> let's talk about recycling. Yeah, one of the three, the third best of the three R's. That's your favorite one? Or it's the your least favorite of them? Well, it's not least favorite. It's It should be the third option as a green human. Right. Uh, you should try and reduce and reuse first. Yes. And that's why they put them in that order, because recycling is the the last line of defense. Yeah, I thought it just kind of flowed off the tongue a little more. I didn't realize that they had them in order of— It's in order. —a preference. Wow, yeah. that, that's cool. Okay, so you it is best to reduce, mm-hmm. reuse, and then when all else fails, recycle. That's an ideal world, right? Yeah, because if you go to a website and you look up like, can I recycle my toilet paper tubes in the recycling bin? Can you? Sure. Yeah. But if you go to like, you know, Tree Hugger and all these other sites, they're like, well, you can, but what you should really do is this. And then it's they first find a way to not use toilet paper at all. And so you don't have those. Right. So that would be the reduce. Turn it into the stand for like a pipe cleaner tree. <laughs> well, that's everything else. That's the reuse is they're, they're like, there are so many crafty things you can do with toilet paper mm-hmm. tubes. You can use it as a telescope. <laughs> Which will eventually end up in the trash. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you can use it as a harmonica maybe. Yeah. I can do this all day. We should. So actually, I don't think we should. So when you recycle that toilet paper tube, when you drop it into a, a bin out front, you may notice that you're also dropping in like glass, like your your old like Captain Morgan's bottle, mm. or um, it took you eight years to drink. Sure. <laughs> you, uh, you drinking the rum these days? Oh, oh, I love rum. Okay, I'm not big on Captain Morgan, but I love rum. All right, it's one of my surprise favorites. I'm okay. like, wow, I really like rum. So I say that every time I take a sip of rum. Yeah, I just look at my glass and go, wow, I really love rum. And Yumi's like, ah, oh, like, everyone in the house knows you like rum. <laughs> <Just> be quiet, <laughs> please shut up. Momo rolls rolls her little eyes. Uh-huh. Um, big eyes. Mm. So, um, you dump all this stuff together in a single bin and. You may stop and be like, wait, wait, this is crazy. How am I dumping all this stuff in a single bin? Didn't we used to have to separate? Yes, we did. But thanks to the advent of single stream recycling, people recycle a lot more stuff than they ever did before. Recycling participation is up. Uh, You may notice like back in the 90s, early 2000s, they gave you like a little tiny bin. Now you get like a, a, a big old garbage can with wheels on it so mm-hmm. you can put even more stuff in it. Hopefully. That's how much recycling participation is up. Programs all over the country, everybody's recycling. So on the one hand, it's really good that we have single stream recycling because it makes people more likely to recycle. On the other hand, it also makes us more likely to recycle stuff that we really shouldn't be recycling. Or, or using as much of to begin with. Right, but even if it's stuff that like um, that, even if you're you're reducing and reusing, you people still have a tendency to throw stuff in that recycling bin, even right. though it can't be recycled. Yeah, what, with the, uh, that one article you sent called it aspirational recycling. Yes, like no, I don't really know if this can go in there, but I'm going to do it because it makes me feel good. Right, I hope so. <laughs> I hope it can be recycled. Yeah. So that doesn't sound like that bad of a deal, you know, if like you're like, oh, okay, well, it can't be recycled, so it doesn't get recycled. Yeah. Who cares? You know, it just disintegrates into nothingness magically, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually not what happens. That stuff ends up at the landfill, right? So you're basically saying, here, recycling company, throw this away for me, will you? 
Yeah, and if you listen to our show on landfills, which was a good one, yeah, um, we we sort of had glowing praise for landfills, and that was, I think, in terms of in the context of, hey, if you're going to have a landfill, uh-huh. they really have made leaps and bounds from the old days. Yeah, for sure. But obviously, we want to do this instead of the landfill. Yeah, the ideal situation would be for us to um, to basically close the loop. On our all of our materials, mm-hmm. on our metals, on our plastics, on our paper, and that, and figure out a way to reuse them. And now there's enough of everything, and we never have to cut down another tree. We never have to dig up another piece of bauxite. We never have to do anything. We've got enough, yeah. that, and then we just have these perfect like reusing, um, reprocessing techniques, and we've just got a closed loop of these materials. Yeah, that would be ideal. We're pretty far from that, right? Yeah. Um, but it is a good step in the right direction that we are recycling, yes, right? for sure. So when you recycle, when you put that stuff in that bin, we're going to get to all this really great stuff. I just teased something that you don't even know what I'm talking about yet, dear <laughs> listener. What, bauxite? That was one thing. Uh-huh. Um, but the, the aspirational recycling oh, sure. comes into play later yeah. on. So when you recycle, you put it out on the bin, and then some people come up in what looks like an old garbage truck or a modified garbage truck, except it's usually much cleaner. Maybe a pleasant blue or a pleasant green color. Uh, and there's no juice usually dripping out of the back, garbage juice. Oh, sure. Um, and they pick it up and they cart it off and that begins the the plastic bottle or the toilet paper tube's journey. Yeah. And um, this is a Grabster article. It's nice to work from one of those again. Yep. Uh, Ed points out, though, that when things are recycled, it's pretty rare that um, you get the same thing as the original material. So like that uh, soda can, that beer can Mm -hmm. may not end up a beer can. Right. Does that make you sad, that person out there listening? Um, Well, that's that's what I was saying. Like in an ideal world, it would would become another beer can, right? Yeah. But we're not there yet because when we recycle stuff, it degrades. Yeah, and that's why you can't recycle paper and think that it's going to be the next thing that you print something on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to come back like clean lily white as printer paper. No, and that's called downstream recycling, where that, that office paper you printed on that you recycle yeah. ends up becoming like um, a coffee clutch re- sure. for your coffee, and then you recycle that and it becomes low-grade like a napkin. Yeah. And then after that, it just basically ends up in landfill because it can't be recycled any further. <laughs> now, then it becomes airport toilet paper. <laughs> right. Just the lowest form of, yeah. of paper. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Like it's just, you can see right through it. Yes. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. It just provides a, a false sense of security and then your fingers go right through. Uh, uh, upcycling is a little different and that's pretty rare. But that's when something is made more valuable than the original product. Yeah, and I like the example that Ed gives. <laughs> you could take a hubcap and turn it into a decorative bird bath. Yeah, that counts. Good job, Ed. Hey, I'm all about that uh, found art. Like, those people do a valuable service. Yeah, we should redo that episode. Remember that one? Found art? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't do that, did we? Yeah, we did. No. I swear. I think you're joshing. No. Really? I promise. All right. I'm going to have to look that one up. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about the history a bit, though, because Ed makes great pains to point out that it's interesting that um, most people probably think like, man, in the 70s, in the 60s, that's when it all started. Mm -hmm. 
But recycling actually kind of started because of the industrial revolution. Yeah. And it wasn't like necessarily – it didn't have green intent. Well, no, it was more initially. like – do you remember when we did the uh, extinct job titles one and we talked about armors mm-hmm. and you can't find a suit of armor from the 13th or 14th or 15th yeah. centuries because they reused that stuff? Yeah. That was just par for the course back then. Yeah. Like things were just too valuable to throw away. You just found a way to reuse it. And that was pretty much the way people lived for many, many years until basically the post-war economic boom yeah. led to this – consumer society that we live in today mm-hmm. where it's just very very cheap to produce stuff including like packaging and materials and we use it out the yin yang and we just throw it away typically and it wasn't until yeah. the, the the i think the first earth day that recycling came back again yeah and that's when it definitely had a more of a green uh tint mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. for sure which is good um Ed points out, too, that, that, you know, there were some lean years here and there. I think recycling in the United States really had its heyday in the 90s. That's when I first remember it becoming like this thing is a thing now. Yeah, and I've got a couple of stats here. Um, Stat, man. It peaked in – actually, it peaked in recent years. And this is, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. I believe how many tons are diverted from the landfill. Right. So uh, if you're going by that stat, it peaked in 2011 at 34.7, what is that, million tons? Yeah. Or 34.7%, I would think. Oh, yeah, yeah. 34.7% of the hundred and whatever. What do we send today? About 150 million tons. I saw, so I saw different things. Like, I think that that's from the EPA, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, in the 80s, it was about 150. Now we're down to about 100, I think. That's going to the 100, landfill. hundred million tons. That's going to the landfill. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But it, but our recycling is up, but our I think our actual waste production overall is up too. Yeah, and more people, is, of course, more stuff. Yeah, exactly. But that's a that's actually a, a thing that we'll talk about. That recycling masks. Um, like we're throwing away way more stuff. Right. And luckily we're recycling more than ever, so we're actually putting less than ever in the landfill. Right. But if we would do that first thing, reduce. Yeah. And then the second thing, reuse, we could really have a significant impact on it without recycling. Yeah, for or sure. Or recycling as much. What would be your guess as to the the number one thing recycled in the United States? My guess would be aluminum cans. That is all the way down to number eight. What? <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to say rubber chickens then. <laughs> well, yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, lead acid batteries. Batteries are the number one thing. Like what, people, what, what multiverse did you come from today? I think people understand. They seem to have an understanding that you just don't throw batteries away anymore. Oh, what do you do with them? You recycle them? <laughs> yeah. Where do you recycle them? Seriously, you throw batteries away? I just like throw them in the closest body of water I can find. <laughs> well, they are known to float. <laughs> Where do you recycle these? Like in your recycling bin? Well, no, I mean you have to take them somewhere. Where do you take them? Like a recycling place? Yeah, like a like there are places that accept batteries. Are you talking about little batteries or are you talking about car batteries? Lead acid batteries. Is that a car battery? Actually, I don't know. 
I think that's a car battery. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know you recycle car well, batteries. Well, that makes sense because you get a little juice sure. when you buy your new battery yep. if you plunk down your old one. Yeah, that would make sense. But still, you would think aluminum cans is number eight? Yeah, number two is corrugated boxes. Okay. Number three is steel. Number four is newspaper. Mm-hmm. And then all the way down to number numbers eight and nine are soda and beer cans and bottles. That is really bizarre. Yeah, but that, you know. How do they say Berenstain? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> but at any rate, we've, we've been bouncing around over the last decade somewhere in the 32 to 35% range. So peaked is a, a percentage of waste diverted. Like you can't say peaked then. Like it, It's been inching downward. I predict it's going to continue to inch downward and then it's going to start going up again more than the peak, the recent peak. Yeah. In the next 10 to 15 years. That's my prediction. That'd be great. And America, if you wanted to know, is number five in the world behind Austria, Germany, Belgium, and Switzerland. As far as um, most recycling like, participation or something? Yeah, diverting the most tonnage away from landfills. We're and number yet, what? Number five. That's not good. Yeah, it's okay. And, and numbers three through six are virtually tied. I gotcha. It's really Austria and Germany are like 10%, 12% more. Those guys will recycle anything. <laughs> uh, and then America's only city on the list. Take a guess there. I bet you know that one. I'm going to say Portland. Good guess. Seattle. Closer uh, or further away? <laughs> somewhere in Wyoming. <laughs> San Francisco. Is the number one city of recycling? It's the only American city to make like the all-star recycling list. Oh, wow. So I think that means we're done, right? That's it. I'll bet we didn't mention that before in the last episode. No. Oh, yeah, we're not mentioning that. Uh, Should we take a break, though? Let's take a break, man. All right. We'll talk a little bit more about landfills and all kinds of recycling stuff. All right, Chuck, I think this is going very well so far. (laughs) Great. So uh, let's get back to that process we kicked off and then abandoned, and now we're getting back to it. When you drop something in your recycling bin and the people come and pick it up, Uh and it begins this beautiful journey of uh, discovery, coming of age maybe, of um, really coming to understand oneself for the, say, plastic water bottle that you set off. Yes. And when it's collected, depending on where you are, it may be either collected by a city worker or a worker for, like, a private company. Yeah. Um, and it will be taken somewhere along this chain. What This is a big picture, and this is something I didn't quite understand fully before until this time around researching this article. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, that water bottle or that beer can or that toilet paper roll you just threw out, that you just recycled. Mm-hmm. You just threw it away as trash. It's just, it's being put into a different trash stream, mm-hmm. the recycled stream, right? Mm-hmm. So when you do that, it becomes, you are saying, here, this actually has value. I don't want anything re- in return for it. I just want the peace of mind that it's going to 
have another life. It's going to stay away from the landfill. You do whatever you want with it. And it enters with that exchange into a global commodities market where it goes from a sorting facility to a place where it's put together with other stuff similar to its kind, sent into ba- put into bales, and then sold on the commodities market mm-hmm. to be reprocessed back into raw materials and then sold to manufacturers who use those raw materials to make new stuff that you then buy that then you hopefully, ideally, recycle and the whole process continues again. That's yeah. what happens when you drop it in a bin and it goes off. That's ideally. Yeah, and China, like we mentioned, is a big, uh, I think, like the number one buyer of U.S. garbage. They were. Until like late 2017-ish Yep. when they said no uh, on certain things. So here's why I said um, good for China. Yeah. Um, China said that they did not want to be the world's garbage dump any longer. And um, one of the reasons why why recycling rates kind of started to climb in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. is because there was a market for this stuff, yeah. right? If there had never been a market for it, it just would not have been viable. It would have cost too much to pay somebody to reprocess it. But the fact that you could sell it to somebody who could then reprocess it and then sell it as raw materials to manufacturers, yeah. that meant it had value to it. So, okay, now we've got like something going here. And the way that this was able to go, the reason why there was value to it was because China said, you know what, we're going to become manufacturers to the world. Give us all the materials you can, you can send us. Yeah. And one of the things they got into was reprocessing things like paper and plastic. And so countries around the world, especially in the West, in the developed West, started sending uh, all of their trash, but yeah. their recyclable trash, to China. And China would reprocess it, make it into like little plastic toys or paper goods or whatever, and then sell it to the world. And because of that, recycling was able to take off. Well, China finally said, you know what? This is not working any longer. We're actually on our feet economically more than we were before. And you guys have been sliding in a lot of your trash with these recyclable materials. And we don't want it anymore. Well, and China had... Uh, has not historically done a great job with their own trash. Right. Uh, like they hadn't even sorted that out. Right. Much less to be able to take on all this trash from all over the world. And we're talking hundreds of millions of tons of re- recyclable materials. And I saw something like 10% of that weight was just straight up trash that was slipped in with this stuff. Yeah, it says here an estimated 1.3 to 3.5 million metric tons enters the oceans uh, from China's coastline. Right, because it just was falling out of this, out of the, the, the recycling stream, right? Yeah, unbelievable. And into the, into the oceans. That was how many tons? 1.3 to 3.5 million metric tons. So that's out of like 12 million metric tons worldwide. So about a quarter of the plastic entering the ocean was going into it from China. Yeah. That's a huge amount, right? Yeah. So China finally said, this is not okay. This is not sustainable. We're just, we're stopping. Like, we're not going to accept this any longer. We're not going to accept that any longer. And then the stuff we do accept can't be any less than 1% to half of a percent impure. Right. Meaning, like, if we're buying a bale, a giant bale of plastic bottles, mm-hmm. no more than half of a percent of that bale Bale's total weight yeah. can be anything but the plastic bottles right. that we're buying. Yeah. So this this is a big deal because 
the world's market since the 90s as far as like recyclable materials has been sent to China. Like a third of the world's recyclable materials yeah. goes to China and China was buying it and they said, we're done. We're yeah. not doing that anymore. And so the market just went, came to a, a screeching halt. Yeah. And so what happened? All that stuff that you were recycling um, that was originally going to China is now just being diverted to landfills because America's recycl recyclers – the UK's recyclers, Europe's recyclers don't know what to do with it. The market just stopped. Yeah. And so they, they're just sending it to landfills now. So the stuff you're recycling, a lot of people, not all of it, and not, not everything that everybody's recycling, but a significant amount has been going to landfills so far in 2018. Yeah, and this is not the old school argument where people, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago were like, oh, they don't even take it to recycling anyway. Right. They just throw it in the trash. Mm -hmm. I know if you believe that, then now you're saying, see there, I told you, mm -hmm. this is something new mm -hmm. because of a new policy yeah. within the last year. Right. So this is not like that old line. I just want to make that clear. And again, the the reason why that, that argument didn't hold before is because China was there to buy the stuff. You're right. So why would you throw, it'd be like throwing away money. Yeah. So that was a stupid argument. Now, it's not even an argument. It's just a fact. Like, they're having to divert some of this. And they're stockpiling. These people who are basically recyclable material distributors are actually stockpiling the stuff in warehouses, hoping that the market will come back. Mm -hmm. And there are countries taking up the slack. I think like Malaysia, India, um, Indonesia, they're starting to buy more of this than they were before. Yeah. But China accepted so much of it, bought so much of it. Right. That it, you just can't it's fill big, that void. It's right. going to take a little while. Yeah. And then hopefully one of the ways that we will handle this is countries like America or like the UK will say, maybe we should start getting into the reprocessing business more than we were before. Right. And start handling our own recyclables. Close that loop. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. So let's talk <laughs> about that loop. Let's let's say let's talk about um let's give a, an idea of what happens to your recyclables when they're carted away and let's say it just stays in country, okay? Okay. All right. So let's uh I guess we can start with paper. Cuz that's one that is widely recycled. And there's a bit of a um not a misnomer, but you know, trees are are grown mm -hmm. to be used for paper. Um, it's there's a couple of misnomers. It's not like people go out and cut down these great old world forests <laughs> to make the paper that you print on. Right. They they have you know they do this from pulpwood trees. However, a lot of times old growth forests are chopped down to create room to plant these pulpwood trees. Right, which is terrible. Yeah, so it is a bit of a thing. Like mm -hmm. while they may not be making paper out of it, they are clearing area mm -hmm. to plant the pulpwood trees to make the paper. Right, it'd be a pretty pretty big waste of those old growth trees to just turn them into paper when you could make like furniture and stuff out of them. Probably so. But they are cutting them down for this paper stuff. But once that happens, it's not like they're growing the old old growth forest back again, right? No. Right. Okay. Uh, so then that paper is sorted and you're going to hear a lot of the, the word sort a lot because that's what happens at a sorting facility. Uh, depending on how heavy it is, uh, what color. Apparently, like really brightly colored paper isn't good to recycle. Yeah. Um, at or, all. Or good to look at. Yeah. <laughs> like construction paper. Sure. Or like, um, you know, neon green flyers. Oh, good Lord. They'll get your attention, but they're bad for the environment. They're bad for the environment. Uh, 
a hot chemical in water bath can uh, reduce the stuff. And that's really what you want to do is to make this slurry, mm-hmm. this soupy mix of fibrous, you know, what was once paper. Uh, and then they have like, if you always wonder, should I take my my paper clips and staples off? If you got a minute, it's probably not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But they do have magnets and things uh, and filters to get out the glues and the staples and all that stuff. Yeah, they they basically have a lot of different things along this line that um, or this stream that that can handle your laziness. Yeah, I mean, from paper clips to a little bit of uh, mayonnaise left in the jar. A little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. They can handle that. Yeah. But, well, I was going to say, like I said in the previous episode. <laughs> what? I'll just say it again. Uh, that stuff stinks in your kitchen anyway, so that's why you should clean it out. Right. Or it stinks next to your house. Like, who who wants a, a gross, dirty mayonnaise jar? Nobody. Beside their house. Certainly not your local recycler. No. Uh so they're going to get the staples and all that stuff out generally with the magnets. But if you want to do it yourself, that's great, too. Uh, they remove the ink, uh, a lot of times chemically, or sometimes this is really interesting. They'll blow it to the surface mm-hmm. and skim it off, bleach that pulp, and you've got this pulpy slurry where they can then uh, spray it and roll it into a sheet, mm-hmm. press it and dry it, and it becomes paper again. Remember we talked about making paper in our toilet paper episode. Yeah. That one, how it's made that hypnotic mm-hmm. how it's made episode. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so that, what you just described, probably doesn't take place in like your local town or something like no. that. That's gone from your your curb to your town's sorting facility mm-hmm. to like a, a material, um, a material uh, recovery facility. Yeah. A MRF is what that's called. Mm-hmm. And then probably what you just described was done at like a, Someone who specializes in paper reprocessing. Yeah. Right? Um, That's how they make their money. Right, exactly. But along the way, your town made money by Mm -hmm. not sending something to landfill because most towns have to pay for landfill stuff. Right. So by diverting this from the landfill, the town just saved money. Mm -hmm. And if it's a big enough town, it could save millions, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars in fees. Um, And then once it entered that MRF, then they started to sort it for resale to reprocessors, and the money started to come in right about then. Yeah. Right. All right, so what about glass? Uh, Glass is, like, similar to paper in that they'll usually sort it. And, again, so sorting is can be done by machines Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, but there are a lot of human beings who are employed in this process whose job it is to say brown bottle goes here, green bottle goes here, Mm -hmm. clear bottle goes here. I really like rum. Right, exactly. <laughs> Captain Morgan. And they drop them down these different chutes. Yeah. And it's a conveyor, be- conveyor belt going past them. And they're like kind of I Love Lucy style, like just grabbing the stuff and mixing it around and putting it, sorting it themselves, right? Yeah, and glass is significant because <clears throat> um, you've also heard people say that, you know, you, t- you burn just – and there have been people that have taken great pains to try and prove mm-hmm. that recycling actually uses more energy – than just making new stuff and throwing it away. Yeah. Uh, and Ed is very fair about it. He points out that it really depends on your material. Mm-hmm. As a whole, recycling, I think without question, um, uses less energy. As a whole, from what I understand, yeah. But if you want to break it down to the individual things, some of them are a little tougher to get you know your money back out of or your energy usage. But glass is one of those that... Is, has a significant energy cost savings. Right. And, and in some cases, um, glass recycling basically is just 
the intact bottle is being washed and sterilized yeah. and then reused again. Sometimes. So when you drink out of like a glass Coke bottle or something, that may have been used. Because it's 1965. Right. Yeah. And you're at the soda jerk. But I mean, if you think about it, like that's if you could buy just glass bottles, you probably it's probably better off. As far as recycling is concerned, because they probably are just reusing the bottle. As long as you don't smash it on the ground, then sweep it up and put it in the recycling bin. Well, that's another thing that can be done with glass, right? They might reuse it, like re- wash it out, burn the label off, put the go, put the have it go through the whole process again. So mm-hmm. it's basically like new. Or they may smash it up into pieces and um, those pieces will get melted down and turned into glass again, which is another reason why the, the glass gets sorted. Yeah. Because if you have a bunch of different colored glass mixed together, when you melt it down, it has like kind of a mottled color that nobody would want. No. So it's very important to have your green glass over here and your clear glass over here and your brown glass over there. Yeah, and I think I said on the show we, they uh, announced in our county or maybe city that they were not doing glass anymore. And so they set up the big bins at like in certain places around the county. That's where you and your wino friends congregate, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. What a great bottle that was. So, um, yeah, hey, you know something, you can reuse a wine bottle by putting a candle in it. Yeah. Make it into a candle holder. Or make it a uh, a water uh, feeder for your plants. Oh, that's a good, I've tried that before. I've never gotten it to work. What, is it, what does it do? Well, you fill it up and then you plunge it into the soil. Mm-hmm. And I guess like the, I don't think it's ever come out. It's either stuck in there or it's just poured <laughs> out. I don't remember, but I was like, I don't think this is working. Interesting. Has it worked for you? Yeah. So, you know, it comes out very slowly. Like, it's not like you're going to see it go glug, 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 glug. Oh. Uh, because then you might as well just pour the water on it. No, I know. I think I left it in there for a good week or two. And I was oh, like, really? oh, Nothing? this plant's dead now. That didn't work. Huh. I don't know. You sure it was water? <laughs> like, oh, no way to put grain alcohol in the bottle. Alcohol. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, so is that good on glass? Mm-hmm. They grind it up into cullet? Yeah, that's like the ground the ground stuff that they eventually melt down. Yeah. One of the neat re- reuses of glass or recycle, The one of the neat things that glass can be recycled into is fiberglass. Oh. It can be extruded into fiber, a.k.a. fiberglass. Mm-hmm. Meaning that's glass. It yeah. may have been your Coke bottle at one time, and now your it's surfboard. keeping your house. Sure, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I always think of like house insulation. It's like the Pink Panther. Right. You know. What about steel? Steel's a big one. It's usually recycled. At least 25% of American steel is recy- is made of recycled steel. That's the law. From what I, I couldn't find that For anywhere now. but in this in this article. But, yeah. yeah. I, tr- um, I trust Ed. Yeah, he's smart. But the, uh, the the reason why is, number one, it's just useful to recycle steel. But also, apparently, it's very easy. Yeah. You just melt that stuff down and reuse it. Yeah, and Ed uh, mentions the giant machines that shred cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see these videos? I've seen it before. It's about the best thing ever to watch. Yeah. Is to see a, a minivan <laughs> just get sucked into a, yeah. a tooth machine. Yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah. It feels like there's nothing that can clog this thing. No. I mean, a minivan can't clog it. Yeah, the nothing, nothing can. can. yeah. Man, I could have watched that stuff for hours. And steel, too. So they don't just do minivans, Chuck. They do buildings, old buildings. Oh, yeah? Um, they do uh, – there's something called ship breaking mm-hmm. where, like, you know those old huge 
ships? Sure. Well, they get torn apart and recycled eventually. Wow. Um, that's actually one that's not necessarily very good for the environment because there's so many like toxic metals right. and like old diesel and stuff like that that gets like leached out into the environment. I bet an old ship is probably one of the worst like environmental disasters. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Just like sink it? Well, maybe. You got to do something with it. Yeah. So um, that's steel. Another one, this one stuck out to me is um, plastic water bottles, right? Yeah. So with plastics in general, that's tricky. Because if you ever get into an argument with somebody who's just hell-bent on proving that recycling is actually not green. Right. Just because they like to rain on people's parade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they they will point to plastic. And they are absolutely right. Like you, you just can't argue. It's cheaper and probably less polluting to produce plastic new yeah. than it is to recycle plastic. It's just that's how cheap making plastic is. These yeah. days. We've got to do an episode on plastics. It's just like we live in a plastic age, right? Yeah. So um, that is true. It is, it's, it's, it's more costly both environmentally and I think economically to recycle plastic than to just make it new. Yeah. But that's not to say that you just shouldn't recycle plastic. So if you do recycle like a plastic water bottle – one thing that I ran across that I didn't know before is screw that cap on tightly. And if you'll notice, that plastic cap is a different type of plastic than your plastic water bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you throw the cap away separately, it'll just end up in the landfill, mm-hmm. even if it's in your recycling bin. If you screw it on the the way that the plastics reprocessors are set up these days is that whole bottle goes through and the plastic is separated by density. So the stuff in the cap, I believe, floats and the stuff in the bottle sinks in in like whatever liquid bath they create for it and melt it. Mm -hmm. And then they separate it like that. But if it's just your caps or whatever, it's not going to make it through the machine. The machines are set up to separate them connected with your cap connected to the the water bottle still, screwed on. Well, there's a... uh commonly argued point that we now have given you the answer to. Yeah, and now I think back, I'm like, how many times I've been like, well, I've got to unscrew the cap and throw it in separately. Yeah. Had no idea. Now I know. Yeah. I I won't be doing that again, I can assure you, Chuck. (laughs) Uh, I'll tick through these recycling symbols real quickly for plastic. Um, Instead of going into great detail, there is uh, one through seven that you'll see stamped on the bottom usually of whatever or, you know, sometimes on the side of your plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one is P-E-T-E or P-E-T. Uh, number two is H-D-P-E. Number three is V or P-V-C, vinyl. Mm-hmm. Four is L-D-P-E. Number five is P-P. And these all have, you know, longer scientific names. Number five is like your yogurt container from what I've seen. Uh, yogurt containers, ketchup bottles, syrup bottles, medicine bottles, although most uh, pharmacies ask you to bring back your oh, uh, right? uh, script bottles, yeah. I am so green. I just go and, like, make a, a little basket out of my hands. <laughs> just say, put the pills in here? <laughs> <laughs> just dump it, dump it into my hand. Uh, number six is polystyrene. Uh, that's styrofoam. Mm-hmm. And then number seven is other and miscellaneous. That's where everything else goes. So every single one of those plastics can be recycled. This is, like, one of the big things about recycling. Yeah. We can recycle about 75% of the stuff that we throw away can be recycled. We recycle, what, about 35% of it. And the reason why is in large part because there's no money 
in recycling some of those other ones. Like styrofoam, you can recycle styrofoam, but the process for recycling styrofoam is so difficult and expensive yeah. that it is it costs money to recycle styrofoam. Therefore, no one recycles styrofoam. And when you step back and think about all the styrofoam packaging out there oh, yeah. and the styrofoam peanuts and all that stuff, it's not getting recycled. Yeah. You put it in with your, even though it has the recycling symbol, it's saying this can be recycled mm-hmm. in theory. There's no one out there, almost no one out there that recycles it. So it's just going straight to the landfill. Yeah. The problem is even worse than that, though. And this is something I was talking about before, Chuck, at the very beginning. You put that styrofoam in there, you put enough styrofoam in there, then you might do what's called contaminating the batch, mm-hmm. where these, the recycle um, sorting center, the MRF, might say it's not even worth paying human beings to sort through this stuff. There's so much styrofoam in here. Just send that whole batch to the landfill, including the stuff that can be recycled. Yeah. So that's another big deal why we're not recycling a lot of stuff is because we're mixing stuff that can't be recycled or won't be recycled in with the stuff that can and should be sure. recycled. And it's diverting the whole batch off to the landfill, yeah, which is a big problem, which is the, the way the best way to address that is for people like you and me mm-hmm. to go onto our local recycling website and say, what can I actually recycle in my area? Yeah. And they'll tell you. And then the stuff that can't be, it feels terrible to throw it away, but throw it away. Like I can tell you by like with experience it's not a good feeling to throw a big piece of styrofoam away into a dumpster yeah that's going to the landfill but you can take solace in the fact that it's not going to spoil right. the batch of recycling that actually is going to the recycling center yeah so our community has a styrofoam recycling day mm-hmm. like twice a year that's great and i'm going to start bringing my styrofoam to your house <laughs> no don't do that cuz we already have loads <laughs> Uh, and that stuff does is recycled, but it's you know you got to look out for it. It's very specific mm-hmm. programs mm-hmm. that ask for your styrofoam, uh, and they do recycle it. So you know it's sort of like electronics recycling. Right. It's really expensive. It's uh, to do. It costs money. Um, so our community, like twice a year again. In fact, I think it's at the same time mm-hmm. has electronics recycling, and you actually have to pay, and you go and pay them some money to donate your old whatever. You know, um, very ironically, I was going through Stuff You Should Know Selects, and I can't remember what episode it was, but in the listener mail, we we basically read a PSA for something called Free IT Athens. Do you remember that? Yes. And it's Frida, I think is what it's called. But mm-hmm. um, I looked it up, and they're still around. But you can give them, at least in Athens, Georgia, your old e-waste, your old electronics and, and um, mm-hmm. specifically computer stuff, and they take it refurbish it, and then donate it to people That's in right. need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're still now. doing it. And I guarantee that that Athens, Georgia is not the only town in the country that has a program like this. So yeah. rather than paying somebody like a chump to recycle this, give it to somebody who can refurbish it. Well, yeah, because a lot of times, like, oh, this old Mac is just out of date. It works fine. Yeah. And <laughs> just let me throw it in the trash. Yeah. Got, yeah. An, old, got an old computer monitor? You can... You can trade that to an anarchist for their goods and services. They love those things. Uh, so to quickly finishing up on these symbols, they say, avoid 3, 6, and 7. Look for 2, 4, and 5. They're considered to be the safest. Oh, really? Um, and number 1 is considered safe, 
But that's the one that's uh, soda bottles, water bottles, mm-hmm. um, salad dressing containers, mouthwash, peanut butter. Uh, it can be recycled and it is safe, but they're just – I think they're on a mission to try and get people to use less of that stuff. Right. Especially – and Ed points out one of the, the gripes against recycling. One of the few they actually agree with mm-hmm. is people recycle so they're like – I'm, I buy a case of water every two weeks. Right. But it's fine because I recycle it. Right. It encourages maybe for some people to think because I'm doing this thing right, then I can just keep buying water bottles. Right. Precisely. That's probably the biggest argument against recycling today yeah. is it allows for this consumer society to keep flourishing and thriving. Yeah. Let's take a break real quick and come back. All right. Okay, Chuck. So all that stuff has been sorted, and um, depending on what it is, say like um, aluminum cans or plastic bottles or something like that, it is put into these huge, enormous bales and then sent off to the reprocessors who then do things like you described with the paper. They basically um, clean it, burn off any impurities, scrape off any impurities, mm-hmm. get to the raw material again, and then turn it into small little things like um, if it's aluminum ingots or if it's um, glass, they turn it into cullet, um, or if it's uh, plastics, they'll melt it down into nurdles. I can't remember what they're called. I like nurdles. But th- those were mermaid's tears, remember? That's uh-huh. what they break down to <laughs> and fish eat them and die. Um, and then those things go to manufacturers and they buy it. So... That's that's this that's this current state of recycling right now. And that last part, the the last two parts, the um where the the reprocessors buy the stuff and then the manufacturers buy the stuff from re- the reprocessors, that has been disrupted with China coming in and saying we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that can change as a result of this, right? If all of these if these things that actually do have value start to build up as they are in all of these warehouses and facilities, um, so there, another market is going to develop because these things do have value. Yeah. Because consumers do want to see like, oh, this thing I'm using was made with 90%, you know, post-consumer recycled material. Yeah. I feel good about that. I'm going to buy this package over that package. There's value to this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So there will be a market that develops, but will it be this continued thing where we're like, here, developing country, you don't have like um, regulatory and safety and environmental protections like right. we have in our country. So take this and we can feel good about ourselves because it's out of sight. Right. That's that's basically how the recycling commodities market developed in the 90s and up till 2018, yeah, it was just like, here, you take our, our thing and we can feel good about things. But but unwarranted, an unwarranted feeling of, of feeling good about, um, about recycling. Yeah. So it's possible that the actual like real deal will develop and that we'll, we'll continue to recycle and feel good about things. Yeah. But it'll be, you know, justified. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I think Close is going to happen. I think that single stream recycling is going to go away. Mm-hmm. I think that we're going to have to start 
like being more conscientious and just know what we're doing more. Because if you put the average person who recycled in the 90s up against the average person who recycles today, Mm -hmm. do you remember back like in the 90s, like people knew what they were talking about with recycling. Yeah, and way more sideburns. Sure. More (laughs) so. But like I think of my dad, like he's still just a religious recycler now. He got like the bug in the 90s because there was such a good campaign, a good public campaign. And yes, fewer people recycled, but the quality of the stuff that was entering the recycling stream was way better than it is today. Man, good stuff in the 90s. It was so great. You could get the good stuff. Primo. (laughs) Uh, So depending on where you live in the country, in the United States and uh, reckon all over the world, uh, you might have different options for recycling. Uh, the a Pew Center uh, research study um, found that 94% of the United States has something available to them, oh, yeah. um, which is great. Yeah, sure. Uh, 30% has curbside only, 21% drop-off only, and 43% had a mix of both. And 93% of any town with a population over 125,000 have curbside pickup now in the, in the U.S. Over 25,000? Over 125,000. Oh, gotcha. Still. Yeah. A lot of America. Yeah. So those are the general ways that you're going to recycle, either at a recycling center, Mm -hmm. uh, like a drop-off center, curbside pickup, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we love. Um, Buyback centers, you know, if you've ever seen the the aluminum can machines where you can collect aluminum cans, throw them in there and make some money. Right. Uh, And then that's kind of part of the deposit refund program where – you know, in the good old days when you would you would drink a soda that you actually actually paid extra for that bottle. Right. You know, it's I added on. I never realized on. that. Yeah, if it has like a five-cent refund, mm-hmm. it's called a refund for a reason because you paid an extra nickel right. to drink that Coke. Out of the bottle. Out of the bottle, but you can always go take it back, Sonny. And they'll give you your five cents back, then they Get take that, that bottle, wash it out, sterilize it, Maybe. fill it with Coke again. Yeah, I don't drink those. I don't drink Cokes at all, but... There's something about that iconic bottle mm-hmm. that I love. Yeah. That green tinted. Green tinted? That's Sprite. Ribbed. No, no, no. The the original Coke bottle has that. Really? Like a faint green. It's not green green like the Sprite bottle. Sure. But. Um, Never noticed that. Yeah. And it's got like uh, that. It's ribbed and it has that curve. It's ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> it's a very sexy bottle. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, no wonder I loved it. <laughs> he just went. <laughs> Should we talk about um, stuff you shouldn't recycle? Absolutely. Well, let's get to that, but let's talk about the criticisms. Okay. One of the ones we talked about was that it gives you, and this is the one I think it sounds like we both fully agree with, is that recycling gives you a false sense of um, like you're doing something for the environment. Yeah, which you are, but not mm-hmm. to the point where you can just be like, hey, I'm just going to buy everything, and but I'm recycling it. Yeah, that's definitely true. But also, you're not fully. Like, it's amateur hour with recycling these days, where before you, you there was less being recycled, like only 1% to 3% of that stuff was being diverted to the landfill. Mm-hmm. Today, there's like 50, a 50% increase in the amount of stuff that's being recycled. Yeah. But up to like 20% of that is being diverted to the landfill. Yeah. Right? So if you could just keep that number up, the 50% increase over like the early 90s, and then decrease what's going to the landfill, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. And you do that by teaching people what not to recycle. You should be the EPA chief. I am. 
you know? They're like my pen cost me <laughs> 10 grand. You might actually want to protect the environment. There, it's right there in the job title. We're going to get some email for that. You got to shut up about <laughs> politics. I hate you. Uh, this is one that we touched on a little bit, but um, that it's basically a zero-sum game uh, with with the, you know, the energy used okay. to recycle. Okay. Uh, and like we said, it, it sort of, you know, very much depends on the product. But many of the most common things we recycle, mm. it is not a zero-sum game. No, but even if, even if, Chuck, you took all of material manufacturing and all of material recycling, mm-hmm. and it turned out that it was it totally evened out. Right. Energy-wise. S- Energy-wise, pollution-wise, mm-hmm. you would still be it'd still be worthwhile to recycle because recycling has a demonstrably better impact on the economy. Yeah. Like there are more jobs associated with it. There's more revenue associated with it. Um, there are more uh, goods and services associated with it. It just has a greater economic impact mm-hmm. than sending waste to the landfill does. Like there's money in, in sending sending waste to the landfill. It's true. Right. But recycling actually has way more of a, a positive economic benefit. So even if pollution's the same, energy use is the same, it's just shown overall recycling's better money-wise. Take the pin out of that one. Yeah. Uh, there isn't a garbage problem to begin with. There is no garbage crisis. Plenty of landfill space, um, so we don't need to sweat it. This one you just say, can you just lean forward a little bit and you kick him in the butt? <laughs> yeah, uh, technically there is plenty of landfill space. Uh, that does not mean that we should fill it as quickly as possible. Right. That's probably the easiest way to debunk that, right? Yeah. I mean, like— Just, just e- because there is space yeah. doesn't mean, all right, then fill it with trash. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, who thinks that? Do you look at the ocean oh, and go, well, we, we could dump a lot of stuff in there? <laughs> like, that's just, that's, just, that's just dumb. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're a dumb person if you think that. Uh, I don't we, say that very often. <laughs> no, no. But when I do, I mean it. All right, so I think now we can talk about things you're recycling wrong. Okay, so again, listen up, everybody, because if we can tell you what not to recycle or how to recycle things better, and you can tell other people, and everybody just kind of figures this out and actually becomes like primo recyclers like we used to be in the 90s, this would have a significant and positive impact on at the very least, the amount of stuff going to the landfill, which we can all agree is not a good thing. Correct. Okay. So throw away that Starbucks cup. That's a that's a sad one. It is because you want to you even if you wash it out with water and it's clean as a whistle, mm-hmm. you cannot recycle that. And you're going to get stared at, and people are going to shoot spitballs at you, even though they don't have straws anymore. You just say stop, stop. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm on your side. You don't understand. Yeah, tell them Josh sent you is what you should say back. <laughs> right. Don't don't mention Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that flack. Uh, but yes, those disposable coffee cups uh, have wax on them. Uh, it's a very fine film, and you you know you can tell by looking at them. Yep. Um, that's why your coffee doesn't leak out all over through the paper. That's right. Because yeah, it's either wax or plastic, I think. And the problem is, it's very tough to separate from the the paper when they start running it through that reprocessing process. Yes, and there was a group of people at um, Stand Earth mm-hmm. who did a little experiment where they actually had tagged these Starbucks cups, right? 
in uh, in where Denver, Colorado. Yeah. That went to the recycling bin, and then they traced them. They ended up in the landfill. So yeah, with like electronic tags. Yeah. They were tracking. Just them, like basically. you tag a dolphin. Yeah. Or like <laughs> your child. So throw them away. I'm sorry. Okay, but don't just throw the whole thing away. You field dress that thing, right? You pull the coffee clutch off. You pull the lid off. Mm-hmm. Both of those can be recycled, and then you throw the cup away. Here's the even better thing to do. Buy one of those like 10 or $15 travel mugs and say, I would like my yeah. Starbucks in this, please. And they'll yeah. go, okay, great. Good or, for or you, Or if you're buddy. sitting in there, I don't know if, I doubt, doubt if Starbucks does this, but uh, every mom and pop coffee shop will mm-hmm. serve you your coffee in a big, delicious, giant mug. Uh, yeah, I think Starbucks does too if you do ask they? for it. Yeah. But that, that's the point, like re- reducing the number of paper cups that yeah. you have to throw away, so much the better. Yeah, and what I do is um, my uh, germaphobes might think it's creepy, but I take the little sleeve off. What do you call it? A clutch. To keep it from clutch. your hand from getting warm. Mm-hmm. I just stick that back in the thing with the other ones. What do you mean? Well, I use it and I take it off and I put it back where I found it. Oh, I see. Smart. Just for the next person to so use. So that's the second R. Yeah. Nice. Reuse. Nice. Just as long as you keep your hands clean. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to. Poopy hand. We've talked about pizza boxes before, but it is definitely worth saying again. We've talked a lot about pizza boxes. I think it's even they say a little grease is okay. A tiny amount. I think it's best to just cut out the grease spot and mm-hmm. throw and throw the rest in the recycling bin. Or usually there's only grease on one side, the side mm-hmm. where the pizza's been sitting. The other side's fine. Just tear that off and throw the non-greasy side in the recycling, throw the greasy side in the trash. I am saying go the extra mile. And cut around the grease. Because all those corners are recyclable. <laughs> there you go. You know? Okay, and here's the other thing. I said throw the greasy side in the trash. No. Light it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the that that um that can be composted. Uh yeah sure. The cardboard box almost always can be composted if it, even if it has grease on it. Yeah. Okay. So um, pizza boxes, no grease equals recycling. Right. And I already talked a little bit about foodstuffs. A little bit of foodstuffs is okay, but again, I just recommend like take an extra thirty seconds mm-hmm. and rinse out that mayonnaise jar. Right. Rinse it out. Um. If if it if it has like the oily sheen from the mayonnaise in it still, that's fine. The plastic reprocessor is set up to deal with that. Yeah. If it has lumps of mayonnaise in it still, it's not it's too dirty. Yeah. Um same with like peanut butter is another one. Um if you have like a to go like plastic food tray or something like oh, that. Oh sure, man. Like like get the crumbs out. Just get it like don't don't sit there and scrub it. As I think this is a New York Times article points out, like you're you'll actually be wasting water at some point. Right. But just you do want it you want to kind of get it prepped. Don't just throw it in there like it's like you would the trash. Yeah. Um like cuz it's trash. And again, if there's enough stuff in this batch that's going to the recycling center, mm-hmm. they're going to throw it away. So don't throw stuff that shouldn't be recycled in with the recycling. Yeah, I get we have a lot of guilt about takeout containers. Yeah, about some, ordering in. Uh, it's that's the one thing where I'm just like, man, I love ordering in food. Mhm. Love that Chinese delivery. Yeah. But all that waste. Yeah, and like the Chinese delivery boxes, I mean, they're waterproof too for a reason. So they're yeah. not getting recycled either. You got to just toss them. I saw something like, this is made up, but it's something like 70 or 80% of plastic trash is one-time use food packaging. Ugh. Like just some ridiculous amount. 
where if and this is the weird thing what are you going to do you're going to take like a, a, your own dishes to the chinese food place or your own like tupperware and say put it in this please people do that do they sure but i mean you're pretty hardcore if you're doing that so there's got to be another way and chuck this is another another thing we can do besides you and me being smarter and better at recycling like just just making that like a side thing it's demanding that manufacturers yeah. who who make packaging make it with its end of life in mind. Mm. Make it so it can be reused or make it so it can be very easily recycled or make it so it has a minimal design rather than a bunch of like styrofoam and wrapping and all this stuff. Yeah, and if you, I mean, just the smallest little things can help. Like if you're picking up food to go uh, and they're throwing in a bunch of utensils that you mm -hmm. take home. Yeah, to say no. Yeah, like you don't use that stuff no. if you're taking it home. So what do you do? You probably throw it away or there's a drawer in your house yeah. with 40,000 of those things. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, plastic straws are a big deal right now too. Like cities are banning them. Yeah. Uh, I think Starbucks just said they weren't going to use them anymore. That's so great. That's a big one. Um, and plastics, again, plastic bags are really bad. Ziploc bags, bubble wrap, none of that stuff should be in your recycling. None of it. None of it. Yeah, like don't, I've seen people take a bag full of aluminum cans and throw the whole thing in there. Right. That bag is going That's to— That's no good. <laughs> like, they're, they're going to say, well, this whole bag is trash. Yeah. Even though everything inside can be recycled, it's trash now because it's just not worth their time to empty the bag out. The conveyor belt's going too fast. Yeah. Dirty diapers. Can't recycle those. That has human biohazardous waste in it. Yeah. Even if you're— even if you're using the diapers that do have plastic in them, mm -hmm. which not getting judgy, but I wouldn't use those either. But that's they're, they're, the reason you might think you can recycle them is because, well, it's plastic. I can recycle plastic. You can't recycle like eight different kinds of plastic that are in the diapers. Right. They, 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 again, or they poop. melt them down. And then, yes, once you add the whole dimension of poop to it, it's bad news. From your child who has eaten plastic. <laughs> right. And now it's plastic in the poop. I can't wait to do a plastic episode. It's going to knock everybody's socks off, Chuck. Uh, so we're going to stop here, and we'll pick this up again in eight years. Okay? Yes. Uh, if you want to know more about recycling, go to your local recycling website and figure out what you can recycle and what you can't and do it. Yeah. Okay? And since I said do it, it's time for listener mail. Uh, I'm going to call this Zambardo follow-up. Uh, hey, guys, big fan of the show and also a fellow movie crusher. Well, nice. thank you, Alex. I was listening to the Stanford Prison Experiment and reminded me of my own discovery of Zambardo. In high school, I took a uh, psychology class, and the teacher didn't really have a lesson plan uh, for any day. He would periodically just put on episodes of a PBS show called Discovering Psychology, hosted by some middle-aged guy who looked a bit like a Star Trek evil doppelganger. Uh, the episodes are pretty elementary. seem to be designed for a student audience. The host would introduce himself, talk about something like perception or learning for a bit, and then read and then do a reading rainbow-esque graphic uh, cutaway to a famous experiment on the subject. Fast forward to uh, this semester. We were given some free time to research, uh, and I was trying to pick uh, something good, and I discovered the Stanford Prison Experiment, it was only then that I realized that Zimbardo was the one hosting that PBS special that I had been watching for the past month. Wow. Uh, frankly, guys, I'm a little surprised that uh, the guy that had the lead role in one of the least ethical psychology experiments was given, well, let's be fair, it wasn't one of the least ethical ever. 
things have gotten way worse. <laughs> yeah. But for as big as it was. Sure. Just want to be clear there. Poorly, poorly uh, put together. How yeah. About that? Uh, I'm, I'm surprised he was given a hosting role for an educational TV show uh, targeting students 20 years after. Okay. Fair enough. That's Alex's point of view. Uh, that is from Alex Aberman. Alex. From Falls Church, Virginia. Nice town, buddy. Nice area. Thanks yeah. for writing it. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to, um, oh, man, I can't remember the name of the place. They're famous for Peking Duck there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. There's one specific amazing Chinese restaurant that has the best Peking Duck you'll ever have. Wow. Try it. All right. Okay. Um, I don't it, eat duck, but. Oh, well, <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> the rest of the food's pretty good, too, but the Peking I Duck has knocked your socks off. Yeah. Um so if you want to know more about... Oh, no, I already said that. If you want to get in touch with us, go to our website, stuffyoushouldknow.com. It has all the links to all our social meds. And you can also send us an email. Wrap it up, spank it on the bottom, and send it off to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 